Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sports Club, it's In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I want to thank you very much for making my day in the sun so memorable. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Friday. You know where we're at. Of course, we're at the Golden Circle Sportsbook inside the Treasure Island Hotel and Casino on the Las Vegas Boulevard. It is a beautiful day. Uh, the draft is happening and being set up right around us, right down the street from us. Uh, you're starting to get a vibe uh, and a feel for the NFL draft being here. But tonight, we're at the Golden Circle Sportsbook inside the Treasure Island Hotel and Casino. Great food and drink specials, live sports, and horse racing betting. The bar and betting kiosks are open 24 hours a day. You know what that means. Uh, Located right off the casino uh, floor, always free parking. It's all fun and games at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. You're listening live to Raider Nation Radio in the huddle, 920 a.m. locally. Uh, You can also stream us live on the Raiders uh, website. Just click radio. Uh, and you'll be able to get us live uh, on the on the stream uh, there. Uh, we've got Mick Akers coming up at 4.30 from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Has all the ins and outs of the draft. Plus, there's a lot of things going on in Las Vegas. A lot of people looking at Las Vegas about a potential, as a potential landing spot, whether you're talking about the Oakland A's baseball team, the NBA. Uh, a lot going on, but of course, next week and for the next six, seven, eight, nine days, it's all about the NFL. And we are talking about next week's NFL draft, which will happen right here, right down the street from where we were literally sitting uh, here in Vegas. And we're asking this question to Raider Nation. And we want your calls throughout the day at 702-365-9200. These are the questions that we're asking. A couple of questions. Number one, we all know that the Raiders don't have a first or second round pick. They traded both picks away to the Green Bay Packers for Devontae Adams. It's a trade I'm sure every Raider fan is happy about and would have been willing to make. Uh, You're bringing in one of the premier talents in the NFL and adding him to a Darren Waller and a Derek Carr and a Josh Jacobs, uh, a Hunter Renfro, a defense that's on uh, the uprise. There's a lot of reasons why that trade was a shrewd, smart uh, uh, deal that the Raiders almost had to make right now to get to that next level. So we're asking this question. There's still some needs that the Raiders have. Some may be more glaring than others, and from where we sit, and we keep talking about that offensive line uh, as a potential big need, also cornerback. You know, you think about the cornerbacks, and, well, Vinny, they've got Trayvon Mullen. They just traded for Rocky, Rock uh, uh, Yassim. You've got, um, you know, uh, Averitt that they brought in from the Baltimore. Yeah, I get it, and they've, they, they have some good – Nate, Nate Hobbs um, is still around, obviously going into his second year, and he was just a fabulous get with the fifth round uh, last year, a fifth round pick out of Illinois. I get it, and I understand it, but when you look at the Raiders' cornerback room, the two presumed starters, Rock Yassin and Trayvon Mullen, are both going into the last years of their contract, and both will be motivated to have big seasons to earn a second contract. What if both players just ball out and put the Raiders in a position where now both players are seeking big deals, reflective of the seasons that they may have next year? There's a good chance 
that maybe they have to say goodbye to one of those starting cornerbacks. Maybe both of them, because each of them, both are on under contract just for next year. So you have to keep that in mind. You can't just look at this as a next year or next season issue. It's a the season after that and the season after that. So cornerback, sneaky in a way, is a big need for the Raiders. We all know also the offensive line, I think, is a big need. I know the Raiders re-signed Brandon Parker. Uh, they brought in Alex Bars from the Chicago Bears. Uh, they have still high hopes for Alex Leatherwood. I get it. I understand it. But I really believe the Raiders need to bring in at least, at least one more, whether it's a veteran offensive line or somebody that they feel can be a day one starter next year through the draft. And to do that, you may have to move up. So the question becomes, and we want your thoughts on this, would you be willing to trade next year's number one to get into maybe the end of the first round next Thursday or or maybe into the early part of the second round? If there's an offensive lineman or a cornerback or whatever the position might be, we don't know. But if there is a player that compels the Raiders or is compelling enough to the Raiders or even you for that matter, would you trade next year's first round pick in order to move up to secure that players? Give us a call 702-365-9200 if you would be willing to do that. I know we get caught up in the first round pick situation and I get that. But I really believe, I really believe the Raiders are so close right now that if they feel like they can bring somebody in that's going to immediately help them this year, immediately help them, and provide big dividends right now for a team that they believe is knocking on the Super Bowl door, would you be okay with sacrificing a top pick next year in order to secure that player? I would have to give it a lot of thought. Not ruling it out, not saying that I would necessarily. I'd have to see what that player, who that player is. But I think you have to be open to being bold and to be ma- and, and to make a move like that, that maybe next year, I mean, it's a number one pick. I get it. And they're, th- those are, are, are big deals. But, man, if you could get somebody in here right now that's going to help push the Raiders to another level, you have to consider it. Also, we're also talking about the schedule. It's coming out May 12th, which is right around the corner. I just looked at the calendar. I was like, wait, oh, geez, that's like two and a half weeks away. We're already at the point where we're talking about the schedule. What do you predict the season opener will be at home? And I'm talking about the home, first home game for the Raiders. Who do you think it's going to be? We already know they play the Kansas City Chiefs, the LA Chargers. Uh, obviously, they play uh, the Denver Broncos. All of those are compelling games as your season opener at home. But what do you think? There's, I just have a sneaky feeling. I have a sneaky feeling, you guys. And I want your thoughts, 702-365-9200. What about the New England Patriots? The Raiders host the New England Patriots this year. You can't tell me that the NFL isn't looking at that and saying, wow, Josh McDaniels, the wonder kid offensive coordinator, groomed under Bill Belichick with the Patriots, owner of a whole bunch of championship rings, 
Super Bowl championship rings, now running the show in Las Vegas with the Raiders. The protege versus the teacher. Is that a possibility? You think the NFL wouldn't want to promote that game? Oh, and by the way, there's a guy by the name of Dave Ziegler, the new Raiders general manager, who was also a product of the New England system and the New England uh, tutelage you know, of, Brian, of, of Bill Belichick. Is that enough? Is that compelling enough for the NFL to say, you know what? We want to see that game. We want to see that matchup. We're going to promote it. We're going to put it on a primetime prime time, uh, stage, maybe Sunday night football, maybe Monday night football. Is that the game that you think? Is, is that the matchup that you think the NFL might roll with? Give us your thoughts, 702-365-9200. Lastly, lastly, we don't know when the games are just yet. We'll find that out uh, May 12th. But... We already know they play New, uh, New Orleans, they go to Nashville, they go to Jacksonville, they go to all their AFC West rivals. What game do you want to go to? What game do you need to see on the road? I'm telling everyone right now, New Orleans is, you have to go. I'm just saying, if you haven't been to New Orleans to see a Saints game, and obviously the Saints against the Raiders, oh my gosh, that would be a game if I was a fan I'd be like, that's the game that I have to go to. We're going to go out to the Realty One group caller line and welcome in our good friend, Gangster Raider. What's going on, Gangster Raider? Hey, what's that? I'm good, uh, brother. I'm feeling good, too. But I think my prediction is I think we're going to start out, we're going to open the season on Sunday night against the Chargers since we ended their season, the last game of the season. And since they um, got um, Khalil Mack over there, you know what I'm saying, everybody's you know, promoting him as – Supposedly, think they're gonna win the division. I predict that's gonna be the um, the home opener Sunday night. I mean Monday night, Monday night. You know, we always open up on Monday night. Monday night football. We gonna open up game one at home against the Chargers. You know what I'm saying? And the game, the road games, I gotta go to. You know, I'm here in L.A. and the Ravens come to L.A. twice. They play the Rams and the Chargers, so I'm near at both games. You know, here in L.A. and I'm gonna try to do the New Orleans game as well, but. The must-go home game slash road game. They're really technically road games, but they're home games for us because, you know, it's more Raider fans here in L.A. than anywhere else. I mean, not anywhere else, but then um, in Rams and um, Charger fans. There's more Raider fans down here, so it's going to be like two extra home games, if you ask me. But them the two road games, the games I'm looking forward to. But I predict the home, the opener, the season opener is going to be Monday night here in Vegas at the Black House against the Dischargers, and we're going to smash them, and Khalil Mack going to be crying, wishing he was still wearing silver and black. And Gangster Raider said it. I'm gone. I like it, Gangster Raider. I like where you're headed with that. Uh, I'm wondering, too, you know, the Rams open up on Thursday night. The Super Bowl champions always get that Thursday night kickoff game. Is that, you know, and the, Ra- the, the Raiders, as Gangster Raider just said, they go to L.A. twice. They play the Rams and they play the Chargers. Would the NFL send the Raiders to Los Angeles to play the Rams to start the season on Thursday night? I'm kind of thinking it's going to be more the Rams against the Buffalo Bills on that Thursday night game. Um, But you never know. The NFL always has something up its sleeve. And to put the Raiders against the Rams in Los Angeles, a stadium and an area and a region that we all know the Raiders and Rams once shared – and that the Raiders were aiming to get back to. What a crazy night that would be on a Thursday night at SoFi Stadium. 
the Raiders against the Rams to kick off the NFL season, yeah, there would be a lot of Raider fans at SoFi Stadium without a question. So we're talking about both those subjects amongst other stuff. Uh, Would you be willing to trade next year's first-round pick? Obviously, you would probably do it to get into the first round, late in the first round, but would you do it to get up to the top of the second round? If somebody, and somebody always does, that's the whole point of this, somebody always falls out of that first round that you're going, wow, that is a first-round talent. That is a first-round talent. Would you move next year's first-round pick to go get him if you feel like he could be the difference maybe in this whole thing moving to a whole other level? Back out to the Realty One Group listener line. Raider Mac is on the line. How you doing, Raider Mac? We doing good, Ben. How was your vacation? Oh, the vacation was chill. You deserved it, man. You oh, thank you. Thank, thank you, man. Thank you for working so hard for us, man. I appreciate that. I've been a Raider fan for a long time, man. We never had coverage like with you and DeMond and you and and the the whole station, man. I'm so happy that we have something that's ours. We can say it's ours. Hey, hey, um, I just just think we need to stay put. We don't need to do nothing. Why mess? We shouldn't trade Waller. We should just stay put, and whatever comes to us will come to us. But but to try to move up, we don't need to move up. It's, this draft is not the draft to move up. Next year's draft is the draft that you want to move up. But to, to move up, I would not do it. Do not do it. For what? And, what? hey, um, again, one more thing. Hey, you, I'm going to tell you this right now. They always screw us as far as the schedule. You well, I, I got the one of the toughest schedules every year. I, and, and and it's just unfair. But I think we're gonna open up, and this is just my opinion, with the Broncos in Denver. Watch and see, because we always open up with an AFC opponent, and they're gonna put us on the road. They just do us wrong all the time. So we'll see what happens. Hey, let me. Are, are you still there, Raider Mac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm listening to you. All right, let me ask you this, because uh, that Patriot game jumps out at me. Um, and, and, you know, obviously it's the, it's the protege against the, uh, the mentor, you know, uh, uh, Bill Belichick against Josh McDaniels, um, and they're going to go toe-to-toe. They're going to go head-to-head. As a Raider fan, would you rather that happen early or later? Um, would you rather the Raiders kind of get their feet under them a little bit under Josh McDaniels or – do you think that he would have enough surprises coming into the first game of the season to pull some surprises on Bill Belichick? No, no, Belichick is too good. We we need to play him later on in the season. <laughs> we cannot open up with Belichick. <laughs> I mean, they're not as good as us. I, don't get me wrong. Belichick, they discipline, but we cannot open against them. I, I really want to – the team I would like to open up is against Kansas City. We, we, we can't beat them no more. I don't know what happened. We need to – to open up in Vegas for the against the Chiefs on a on a on a Sunday night or or a Monday night game, which they always give us the Monday night. Let's open up against the Chiefs. Get get because I'm telling you right now, that's our nemesis. People keep counting them off, counting them out, but the Chiefs gonna be good. <laughs> don't don't count them out. They got I hear Andy you, man. And a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Thank you, V. All right, Raider Mac. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate the kind words, and we here at Raider Nation Radio. We do this for you guys, uh, all of Raider Nation, and it's an honor to do that. It truly is, and a privilege, uh, a privilege. So, yeah, it's interesting when you talk about Kansas City, especially early in the season, because without Tyreek Hill, and let's 
make no qualms about it. Tyreek Hill was a Raider killer. I mean, that tandem between he and Travis Kelsey was a devastating proposition for anybody. But obviously, we've seen those two chew the Raiders up and spit them out a few times. That's gone. That no longer exists. And if I'm a Raider fan, I would wonder, would you want to catch the Kansas City Chiefs before they got to get that thing refigured out? Because they're going to have to do things differently next year. It's not going to be the same offensive operation that it was. It's just, it's almost impossible to expect them to be the same thing that they were. Tyreek Hill is just a walking, talking, unbelievably dynamic mismatch in so many different ways. Whether you're talking about getting him the ball just in space, sending him down the field, crossing patterns, having him uh, go down the field with trying to draw defenders to him to allow Travis uh, Kelsey to eat and more room and, uh, to, to operate. It was just something where picking your poison was really it, – it, it fit that term. You were picking your poison because one way or another – you were going to get hurt. And the way to you know, disrupt that was to get to Patrick Mahomes before he was able to get to the ball to one of those two guys. Uh, and that still stands. But now, without Tyreek Hill, I would wonder if you'd want to hit up the Chiefs early on in the season before they get their new legs uh, under them. Uh, Devon Cotton, if you could uh, announce the next caller for Okay, got, we're going back out to the Realty One Group uh, listener line. Raider X is on the line. How you doing, Raider X? Hey, I'm doing good, doing good. Hey, I like all the intrigue about uh, the Pats, Kansas City, but I like the dynamic of the unknown. And I think the Broncos, because of what Wilson's going to bring, and then throw in on the Raiders' side, Devontae Adams. Hey, let's just throw it out there on a Monday night. I think, yeah, you know, AFC is the hottest topic in the NFL right now. Let's bring it Monday night. Wilson, you know, Russell Wilson against Devontae, oh yeah, I want to see Carr and Devontae come back and just just show the NFL they never, they, ne- they never broke away. That is a relationship that's going to be bringing us rings. Raider X, you just brought up a great point, man, that I didn't even consider. If you're the NFL, and all offseason long and all training camp long, the talk will be about the AFC West. It is the most intriguing division in in the NFL. Everybody got better, obviously, except for the Kansas City Chiefs, and you can't put anything past uh, you know, uh, that coaching staff and that quarterback, so they're still going to figure it out and still be a factor. But between or among the Raiders, the Denver Broncos, the Los Angeles Chargers, everybody's taking a step further every, or, or a step forward. So if you're the NFL, you want to promote that. You want to show the world, and especially all of America, uh, the AFC West, because just to get a good look at it from the get-go, how good is it? So I I would love to see a Kansas City Chiefs-Raiders matchup in the opening week, along with maybe the Broncos against the Chargers, or reverse it, anybody against anybody in the AFC West. I could see something like that being the Sunday night game and the Monday night game, or the or the uh, the big national game on Sunday and then Sunday night or Monday night, whatever the case might be, because when you think about all the talk, all the speculation, all the attention, all the focus on all the moves that have happened this offseason, whether it's Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones and re-signing uh, Max Crosby and the change and the coaching change, the general manager change of the Raiders, all everything that that's 
fed into and created. And then you go to, uh, you know, uh, Khalil Mack going to uh, uh, the, the Chargers, re-signing Mike Williams, bringing in the great cornerback from the Patriots. Obviously, Russell Wilson uh, with the Denver Broncos. And I, I'm sorry, but I'm interested to see what the Kansas City Chiefs look like now without Tyreek Hill. We're so used to that offense being so explosive and so uniquely constructed to play off a Tyreek Hill who's unto himself and a Travis Kelsey who's also unto himself and make them beautiful music together as a dynamic tandem that no longer exists. That, to me, creates a situation where fans are looking, I would think, at the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, what do you got now? What, how are you going to do it now? Yeah, you got Patrick Mahomes. No doubt you got Travis Kelsey. That's enough firepower right there for games. But you just took out one of the most productive, dynamic players in the NFL in Tyreek Hill. I get why they did it. I get why they're looking towards the future and saying, look, you know, at some point we were going to have to break it up anyway. So let's get ahead of it and do it earlier and try to refigure it out, get a bunch of draft picks and try to uh, replenish. But there's no doubt to me that it's going to cause an immediate fall off. And they're going to have to figure out a way to mitigate that fall-off, and will they? So that, for me, makes for an intriguing weekend to start the season. Yeah, let's have it at all AFC West weekend. The Chargers against the Chiefs, the Broncos against the Raiders, what, however you want to construct it, let's make it an all AFC West uh, season opener and, and show the country and show the world what kind of football is going to be played out here. We're, out, we're, we're here at the uh, Treasure Island Hotel, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. We're here from 4 to 6 p.m. Come join us. There's great food, great drinks, free parking. Uh, you're right off the casino floor here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Uh, it's a great time. There's all kinds of baseball on TV right now, some hockey. Uh, so, obviously, there's betting going on here. It's a sports book, so you could have some fun in that regard. Come join us. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. What's up, what's up, what's up? Just want to let you know that this quarter of In the Huddle is sponsored by the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. There's nothing worse than living in chronic pain with little hope. Neuropathy and Pain Centers of Las Vegas is genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. Please call their office today or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain-free a life as possible. Please call them at 725-373-9879. We say it all the time. Don't think that you have to live in pain because you're getting older and that's the way it goes. That's not the way it goes. There's, there's relief uh, for you uh, and there's help for you over at the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Call them up, 725-373-9879. Um, we're talking about, hey, would you be willing to trade a first-round pick next year to move into the back end of the first round this year or even or even the top of the second round if there's a player that you are compelled enough by, that you feel strongly, that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels uh, feel strongly, that this player is going to make a difference right now at a position of need. And we're talking about those positions. I'm looking at offensive line. 
I'm looking at cornerback. I know the Raiders have a bunch of young cornerbacks in the room. Do you want to add more youth to it? Well, look, all those guys are on one-year deals outside of Nate Hobbs. You don't know what the cornerback room is going to look like next year. So if you have a chance to go secure somebody that's going to be around here for the next four years at the very least, maybe that's the play that you make. Maybe that's the move that you uh, think about. So we're asking that question, and we're also asking, what home game do you want to see next year as the season opener? But before we get to all that, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation caller, or excuse me, guest line. Uh, I welcome in a good friend of mine, uh, obviously. I work with him over at the Las Vegas Review Journal. He does tremendous work. He's all over the place. Every time I go on Twitter, Mick Akers is somewhere taking pictures of something, breaking a story uh, on, on, on some type of subject. Mick Akers, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle on a Friday. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, what's going on, Benny? Doing pretty good. All right, all right. So, Mick, you've been all over the NFL draft coming to Las Vegas from beginning to now, and the end is coming uh, in about a week and a half or so. Um, is it, is it what you, what, from what you've seen so far, is it what you thought it was going to look like and going to be? And what kind of anticipation, what kind of excitement should fans have as they're coming into town, as they start getting into town and start looking forward to attending the draft next week? Yeah, you know, so far the early setups I've seen, you know, Bellagio stage, uh, main draft area and all that stuff at the league. Um, all that stuff, you know, kind of coming out of the ground now. You're getting the feeling like, hey, it's about to happen finally after talking about this thing for you know, two years or so. So. Um, a lot of people are getting excited. You can tell a lot of people sending messages and such saying, hey, we can't wait to get out there. Um, when I post these you know, pictures and such, a lot of people are just kind of getting that excitement ramped up. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, once they get into town, that budget is going to be go, you know, going pretty big. And anytime you shut down in, you know, any portion of the strip to have an event with a lot of people like that, you know, it's always a special occasion. So, you know, this is probably going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest event in Las Vegas history. How do you think, Mick, uh, this is going to compare to the Super Bowl, which is also coming to town uh, here eventually? I know uh, it's, a, it's a whole different kind of a, a situation, but in many ways um, there's some similarities. And I'm sure that the NFL and Las Vegas is going to use next week as sort of a uh, learning ground to, to kind of figure out what works, what might not work. Maybe it'll spawn some new ideas. Uh, but how do you think that this is going to relate to what the Super Bowl will eventually be here in Las Vegas? Yeah, obviously, um, Super Bowl, you know, they have three, like, marquee tentpole events is what they call them, uh, NFL draft, Pro Bowl, and then Super Bowl. Obviously, we already had the Pro Bowl this year. We're about to have the draft next week. So, culmination is going to be the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I think any time they host an event here, even just the Raiders game, and they have, you know, some events around it, they kind of got the lay of the land already. Um, you know, initially when this was first supposed to be the 2020 introduction for the, you know, Las Vegas into the NFL community before the season started, they looked at more of a, hey, this could be a learning thing and kind of be this, you know, the setup for landing the Super Bowl. But obviously that didn't happen due to COVID. Uh, we had a season before this and such. But, you know, the NFL has, a, you know, some experience already in town. So I think this will just fine-tune some of the things that, you know, they can take towards the Super Bowl. Obviously, there's tons of events going on the whole week, not just the pro, uh, the draft itself. There's, you know, all kinds of parties, um, there's golf tournaments, there's, a, you know, all kinds of stuff going on, award ceremonies. Uh, so, you know, similar thing happens with the Super Bowl. So, you know, there's a 
plethora of you know, event spaces and hotel rooms in this city. So, you know, uh, they can host any and all of it prior to, you know, any kind of sporting uh, event or, you know, draft or anything like that. Mick, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, whether it's talking to Peter O'Reilly from the NFL, who's kind of front and center and putting all this together, but then also, uh, you know, uh, NFL sources, people that I, that I know and have gotten to know from other teams and the league office, and as they make their way to Las Vegas, especially during the season, um, I think, not to say that they were um, surprised necessarily by what they saw in terms of the show that the Raiders and the NFL are able to put on here in Las Vegas, and obviously Las Vegas has a big say uh, in that as well, but... I got to say that there was so much like, wow, it's better than we probably thought it was going to be, especially for a first year when fans were in in the stands. What was your impression of what Las Vegas and what the Raiders and the NFL have been able to pull off in creating a very unique market for themselves here in Vegas? Yeah, you know, it kind of plays off, you know, what the Golden Knights do. You know, they're known for their... You know, their pregame and in-game antics, um, and, you know, in Vance, they bring in special guests to do the, the, the siren horn and all that stuff. Um, Raiders similarly did that with, you know, the lighting of the Al Davis Memorial Torch. They always had some kind of special guest doing that. Uh, then they have halftime performances, obviously some big, big name acts, uh, throughout the whole season, you know, so you know, they show, hey, th- there's a lot of downtime in between, you know, when you're watching a football game live, you know, in between, um, quarters and, you know, timeouts, halves and all that stuff. So, um, instead of fans just sitting there on their phones the whole time, the Raiders, you know, figured out, hey, we can have an in, in uh, stadium band. We can bring in all these attractions. We can bring in some musical guests to kind of keep that entertainment and, and that you know, energy going through all those downtimes. Um, so I think that you know the Raiders kind of figured out very you know quickly that Las Vegas has a lot to offer as far as the non-football aspect that they can bring to you know the in-game experience for fans. Speaking of the non-football aspect, uh, Mick Akers, where are the big parties next week? And why haven't you hit me up with some invitations? I'm, I'm kind of a little upset about that, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think anywhere you go up and down the strip, uh, that someone's going to have some, you know, some kind of party. Uh, seen a few, like, Black Holes having their own over at Tropicana on day one. Uh, I saw Gronk having one here as well. Uh, I believe Marshawn Lynch is having something here. And then even Max Crosby is having his own thing. Um, you know, with, based off an uh, NFT thing that he's doing with Des Bryant as well. Uh, you know, so, you know, I pretty much walk up and down the strip and go into their club space. There's going to be some kind of uh, draft party, even at the Circa, they have one too. Uh, I'm sure Stadium Swim's going to be a pretty big one out there. Should be a nice weather weekend, um, looking like the upper to mid-80s. So, uh, you know, anywhere you go in this town is going to be draft central. But, hey, why don't you at least experience some of it on the strip because, you know, it's you know, not everyone can experience the NFL draft live, so especially on the strip. So, you know, if you're going to take it in, at least take a little bit of the actual event itself and then wander off and party. We're talking to Mick Akers. You could follow him, and I highly suggest that you do, at Mick Akers, A-K-E-R-S. Uh, he's the great reporter from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Does a tremendous job. Mick Akers, what are you looking forward to most next week? Uh, I'm just looking forward to the the fan spectacle. You try to see, you know, what kind of outfits these fans get together, you know, just what the energy is going to be like. Um, you know, I, I covered New Year's Eve, you know, for several years in a row now. And, you know, that's a pretty cool party. Um, a little bit colder and, you know, not as cold out there, but this is going to be a little bit better than that with the weather and everything and centered around football in the day for the most part. So, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to being out there with the fans and feeling the energy and just, you know, seeing what this, 
what the city has to offer. Obviously, they're expecting it to be the biggest draft ever. So, you know, just, you know, taking all that in is going to be pretty cool. Mick Akers, every time uh, I look on your Twitter feed, some other sports league is looking to move to Las Vegas. Uh, it feels like it's a daily type of a thing. Um, but, you know, as we, as, we, as, we, as we look at things currently, ha- how they are, what's going on, obviously the Oakland A's uh, are a, a big story front and center. Uh, the Las Vegas Aviators are outdrawing them. Uh, the AAA Las Vegas uh, Aviators are outdrawing a Major League Baseball team in terms of attendance. There's a lot of reasons why that is. The A's obviously have almost one foot outside of uh, Oakland and one foot in here in Las Vegas. Uh, what the heck's going on with the A's and Las Vegas and really Oakland as well? And are we just negotiating right now? Is are, 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 are they just pulling levers right now and pushing buttons right now? Or is there, do you feel, a serious chance, a real chance, that the Raiders might be joined uh, by their former colleagues in Oakland or, or, or neighbors in Oakland, the A's? Yeah, you know, um, when it first started out, you know, it seemed like it could be a leverage play. But, you know, this is pretty much drawn out for a whole year now. Uh, the longer that goes, obviously, the more work, more travel here to Las Vegas. They were just here on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, so, you know, there's uh, a lot of, you know, effort being put into it just to be a leverage play. Uh, there's a lot of roadblocks going on up there in Oakland. Uh, you know, with some of the politicians, uh, they have all kinds of different committees, the seaport and all that. Uh, you can't just build it. You have to get <clears throat> approval from a bunch of <clears throat> different groups. So out here in Vegas, is basically you deal with the city or the county and, you know, you, you're good to go from there. Up there, there's multiple ones. And some of them are for it, like the city of uh, of Oakland, they're, you know, city council was, you know, they're pretty much behind it. They just have a few details that they're not on par with, with the A's at the moment, but work that out but some other groups like the seaport authority uh recommended they don't approve it because they have some environmental issues um that they say would would occur if they have a stadium there so with all those roadblocks and there's some lawsuits going on now and some other stuff they they said hey we have to have a you know two plans going at once you know getting the groundwork on each one so you know eventually one of them is going to come to fruition um, so I think, you know, the longer this plays out and some of the more roadblocks we hit up there in Oakland, um, you know, I think Vegas gets more real. I was just up in Oakland for the, the home opener on Monday. They drew about uh, 13,000, I think it was. Um, and then from then on, it's been like less than 5,000 for the last few games of the homestand. So, um, like you mentioned, aviators are out drawing them. Uh, so if you're not having people in there, it means you're not making money. So obviously that's an issue. Um, so the fans are kind of getting the sense that, hey, we know the Coliseum's old and outdated and we want to go to a new stadium. Obviously, they say Howard Terminal will bust up there. They're, they're not looking at anything else up there. they were only looking at Howard Terminal. So it's kind of pigeonholing them there. Here in Vegas, they have five sites that they're looking at and have bids on. Um, so, you know, a few more options, obviously, a little bit more open land, less developed out here in Las Vegas compared to the Bay Area. So. Um, you know, they feel it. They know what's going on, and they kind of get – some of them are a little ticked off about the Vegas thing as well, but they, they understand it's business. So, um, you know, that kind of explains the, the fan output out there. I got to ask you this, uh, Mick. You're dialed in, uh, obviously, uh, without a doubt. Um, is there – have the A's expressed any sense of irony? And I think you know what I'm talking about. But any sense of irony that – they're now looking at Las Vegas after, let's face it, 
the role that they help play in the Raiders no longer being uh, in Oakland. Is there any sense? Do any does anybody even go there? Like, yeah, I didn't see this one coming. That now we're going to be looking to follow the Raiders to Las Vegas. You know, not anyone with the team or anything. They haven't really talked about that. Obviously, and that was a kind of a sore subject up there when that was going on. And I think you know he find people on both organizations that still have a grudge with that. Um, so obviously, you know, I don't think they want to talk about that when you bring it up anyway. But um, you know, it is kind of ironic that after all that, that they're looking to kind of follow the Raiders to the same market. Uh, obviously, they're not going to share stadiums this time, so you know there won't be that kind of an issue there. But you know, it, it would be pretty ironic for that to happen. But you know, Las Vegas is attracting you know all kinds of sports stuff here. Um, Murmurs of NBA. Uh, we we have WNBA. We have the cross league coming in. We got indoor football, minor league and major league hockey, Triple A baseball. So it's like, hey, why not just bring everything here? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just said the murmurs of the NBA. Uh, as, as you sit here on April twenty second, uh, twenty twenty two, um, what are the what are the realistic chances that the NBA, NBA isn't just going to eventually be here? Because I think it'll eventually be here, but sooner rather than later. Yeah, you know, they, whenever you bring it up with uh, anyone at the NBA, they always say, "Hey, it's not on the front burner." But they've been saying that for a minute. But they they you know they like to talk about it still. So obviously they. They're not trying to hush it too much, but, you know, it's obviously, you know, not a well-kept secret that it's basically Vegas and Seattle kind of looking at it. And with that new arena project with Oakview Group um, this being led by uh, former Raiders president Mark Verdain, obviously he knows everybody in this town and was a key player in landing the, the Raiders and the Legion Stadium here. So he's the right guy to have on that project if you're going to have, you know, a, a new arena trying to draw NBA. And they made it clear that, hey, we don't have a pre determined you know deal with the nba saying hey if we build it they will come here they're just hoping hey we have this brand new state-of-the-art arena that's you know going to be amazing for any kind of sports or any event why not bring an nba team here i think it's going to be pretty enticing obviously that some of their leadership has strong nba ties as well um and, and they also have a stake in the arena climate pleasure arena up there in seattle where an nba team would play as well so you know it's just all signs are kind of point to this then they happen i would say by the you know at least by 2030 something might the ball might be rolling and you know in favor of vegas by then but maybe sooner you don't know but um you know money money comes into play you know with the expansion fee and all that so yeah, i'm sure the league's ready to kind of get some a new influx of some new money as well so uh i think it was uh, like i said within this decade all right mick Akers, thank you so much for joining us in the huddle appreciate the time and insight. Have a fabulous week next week. I know I'll be talking to you. Uh, enjoy yourself and uh, keep up the great work. You do a tremendous job. All right, thanks, Randy. Have a good weekend. You too. That was Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Dude is on top of everything. Uh, great to call him uh, and honored to call him a colleague. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bahutter. We're live at the Treasure Island Hotel, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Got the Giants against the Washington Nationals on one TV. you got the Yankees playing on another TV. You've got sports. You've got draft talk. You've got great drinks. You've got great food. It's all happening at the Golden Circle Sportsbook here at the Treasure Island Hotel. We're here till 6 o'clock. Come on by and say hi. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. 
All right, listen, everybody. The realty market is going nuts. We all know that. But guess what? It's your time to buy or sell a home. And the Realty One Group wants to be the one to be a part of your story. Yes, the housing market's hectic. It's nuts. It's going off the... It's just crazy right now. But it's still a great time to sell and even buy the home of your dreams. To do it, you'll need a hardworking real estate professional to get it done. And they, they've got you. Realty One Group has got you. They've got your back. They know the market. They know the neighborhoods. They know the transactions. They know how to get it done. And they could do it for you. Realty One Group was founded in Las Vegas, and it's been their home for more than 11 years. They've been opening doors for their clients and opening doors for real estate professionals for everybody to live better lives. They are also proud to give back to the community, donating their time and resources to make an impact. So whether you're selling or buying, call them today at 888-461-0101. That's 888-461-0101, whether you're buying or selling. Market is there for both either situation. And Realty One Group is there to get it done and to help get it done. For you, uh, Damon Cotton. I was just talking to Damon uh, during the break, and when I left the studio last night after in the huddle at six o'clock, I forget how much uh, Memphis the Memphis Grizzlies were behind by against the Minnesota Timberwolves, but it was sufficient. It was double digits, and they had been you know down pretty much the whole game by a lot of points. I Damon, when I left last night. I didn't have a good feeling about the Minnesota Timberwolves. And you, you joked with me uh, earlier because I said what I said was, until you've done it, you haven't done it before. And nobody knows that more than teams that haven't done it. There's that doubt that's always in the back of your head if you've never got it done at the highest level. And last night I felt like the Minnesota Timberwolves felt that doubt. And I think that the Memphis Grizzlies, demand seized on that doubt and did something that was pretty damn spectacular coming down, coming back to win a game down 26 points uh, in the NBA playoffs. And what's the key to me, Damon, and I'll get your thoughts here in a second, is how are the Minnesota Timberwolves going to handle it? And how are the Memphis Grizzlies going to handle it? Because once you do do something like that, and the Grizzlies did, man, it just empowers you. So from this point on, after the Grizzlies did what they did on the road in Minnesota, coming back from 26 points down, how do you think it's going to change the complexion for both of these two teams uh, as this series moves on? I think that Minnesota shook. They should be shook. They threw out their best shot. Uh, they, they were Not only was it a 26-point lead, yeah. but they had it multiple times. Yeah. The Grizzlies cut into that lead multiple times, and they got it back up. And then the Grizzlies just kept chopping them down. And there was a clip like the little inside the huddle that TNT does. And you could hear Carl Anthony Towns like, oh, man, we in Minnesota now. Now they got to come. They got to play in our home. But it was good saying that when you up by 20. But they came to Minnesota and took them out. And I think that Pat Bev, they're really just lighting the fire. All these Minnesota Timberwolves players, they just keep, you know, cashing those checks with their mouths that their play on the court can't cash. Well, they're not cashing those checks. They're writing them. They're writing those checks and can't cash them. Excuse me. I'm not old. I'm trying to use the metaphor. I'm not old. I've never written a check in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying, but he's definitely writing checks that he can't cash. And he's pretty much done that his whole career. I love Patrick Beverly. I love the energy. 
Uh, I love what he feels like he needs to do to get himself to the level that he's gotten himself to. But it's a double-edged sword sometimes, and he's, he's felt the wrath uh, more, probably more often than not because of how he is uh, than felt the good part of it. Uh, yeah, he's had a few wins here and there uh, and been part of some, some, some really big wins. But generally speaking, he's going to rub somebody the wrong way. And if you poke a bear, and I think the Memphis Grizzlies are a team that's going to be uh, have to be dealt with for a while now to come uh, because John Morant, to me, is just such a spectacular talent. Um, that was the wrong guy and the wrong team to kind of wake up. I'm with you. I think they're shook. However, on the flip side of all that, if they respond accordingly and get it back to 2-2, um, they have to. Otherwise, obviously, they are toast and it's going to be finished. Uh, but it'll be a good, to me, test for a young team. And that's what I love about these NBA playoffs right now. There's so much of an unknown factor. Yes, the Milwaukee Bucks are the defending champions, um, and, uh, you know, uh, you got to give Giannis uh, his due. He's the defending champion, and I feel good about him. Um, obviously, losing some players there with the Bucks is not going to help. Um, but, but other than that, and other than the Warriors and the championship pedigree the Warriors have with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, just some iconic figures right now in the NBA, aside from that, everything to me is wide open, and it's really cool to see who's going who's gonna to emerge from this younger group right now uh, and take the bull by the horns and, and, and lead themselves to a championship. That's what happened with Giannis last year. And I give him all the credit. It was really a beautiful thing to see. I love when the young guys uh, get rewarded like that. But right now, it's so wide open. My money, honestly, is on the Warriors. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But... But you never know, and I, I, I just think it's a spectacular, wonderful time for the NBA to see who's next. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, on a Friday live from the Treasure Island Hotel, Golden Circle Sportsbook. Come on down. We're here till 6 o'clock, but this place goes forever, 24-7. So come on down to the Golden Circle Sportsbook, Treasure Island Hotel, and say hi.